Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's a show that's annoyed at Leeds for tainting what would have been an otherwise perfect weekend. On today's pod, we're revisiting Nace celebrating a sublime performance at the Etihad against a once-mighty Liverpool side that reminded us of Clark Kent in Superman 2, relinquishing his superpowers and getting beat up in a roadside diner. We'll also be going around the grounds as ever, focusing on two new hot seat vacancies as the Premier League goes trigger happy. But mainly, we'll be revelling in City being utterly brill right now. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by my top flight cohort, Tom Young. You there, Tom? I'm here. I'm well. I'm hoping that my technical issues are going to hold out throughout the longevity of this podcast and we can have a nice chat about football rather than me whinging at Virgin Wi-Fi for being rubbish. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're going to see how we get get on and um, yeah it's just a great unknown isn't it but adds a bit of jeopardy to the pod anyway <laughs> yeah you just never know what you're going to get such is the nature of podcasting uh, you just never know what you're going to get hopefully a good show but we'll wait and see <laughs> this is a modern world um, okay let's get straight into it then um, City Liverpool I didn't really know what I knew what City would turn up I didn't know what Liverpool would turn up in the event they didn't Um but let's focus on City. What did you make of Pep's setup and team selection on Saturday? Um, yeah, I was. I, th- I feel like he was kind of essentially forced into the the selection from midfield um, up anyway. With with Bernardo, obviously not not well enough to start. I did have Bernardo starting over Gundogan in my predicted sort of lineup just because of how how well he usually plays against Liverpool, how much he, he evidently dislikes the uh, <laughs> dislikes the Scousers. So I um yeah, I had I had uh, Bernardo starting, but obviously Gundogan Gundogan's never you, you rarely get a poor performance out of Gundogan. You kinda know what you're getting with him. And uh, in the end I think his his sort of presence was probably more beneficial than Bernardo's would have been, uh, given the the nature of the front three that we had. But um, yeah, I was I was somewhat surprised to see um, Stone start at right back. I was <laughs> more than happy with his performance. I thought he was one oh, of the best players on the pitch yeah. comfortably. Um, but yeah, that that sort of four centre back back four seems to be working a treat at the moment. And uh, and yeah, I, I I'd imagine we'll see more of it going forward. But I that was the only real surprise for me with the starting lineup was that we didn't see a. A Walker play, um, or or maybe a Rico Lewis. I thought we'd see that sort of a, a more traditional right back start, given the pace that, that Liverpool have on the flanks. But obviously, John Stones came in and and played that inverted fullback role to perfection, as he has done when he's mm. been called upon to do it so far this season. So yeah, it was a, an unorthodox starting lineup, and um, maybe not unorthodox by Pep's standards, but yeah, a non-traditional kind of back four, and then. The, the the rest of the team picked itself given given who was available to him. Yeah, um looking at the Liverpool lineup, um not a great deal kind of there to be particularly fearful of um of late. No. And and that kind of you can extend that as well to Liverpool taking the lead in previous games against Liverpool, should Liverpool, you know, take the lead, your heart sinks and you're fearing the worst and and you're really hoping it's not going to be one of those mad half hours that they've put together in, in times past. This time, for one thing, it felt unfair. I thought we were, we were bossing proceedings. But another thing, and this is quite fairly new playing against Liverpool, I was really confident that we'd get back into it and go on to win the game. It was the same with you. When we went behind, were you still confident that we, we were going to have a good day? 
Uh, yeah, I was because I thought that, that, like you say, the goal, the goal came against the run of play. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Um, the got the the goal wasn't. Liverpool weren't. I didn't really fear Liverpool in the game at all. The goal no, came from a, no. a long ball over the top, which we've seen happen with Liverpool all too often. Um, but then the reaction to the goal was fantastic. I thought we we kind of found found our feet in the game really quickly and was we were right back where we needed to be essentially, which uh, which is all you can ask from um, for, from the side. And and yeah, I was I was confident. I was kind of on the fence of I'd like a goal before half time just to take this level in the sheds uh, rather than having to sit on it at half time because I don't think Liverpool would have warranted the lead. Um, but the minute that equaliser went in, I uh, I had no doubts that we'd go on to win the game. I I will admit I was surprised with quite how dominant the second half was, and um, but but either way we were we were absolutely fantastic in that second forty five and and like you say I mean a lot's been made of our performance in the second half and rightfully so because we were we were incredible. But I thought from minute one, with the exception of of one ball over the top which which broke kindly for Jota, I thought. We were we were comfortably in control of the game from from the first whistle right right through until the last. Mm. Um, the obviously two goals in quick succession after the break. Liverpool gave up. I thought at three one. I mean they actually gave up the ghost. And this Liverpool side. I mean, when you think of the attributes that they've got under Jurgen Klopp, number one, two, and three really is their kind of you know persistence, their relentlessness, their kind of, you know, inability yeah. to give up. I mean, you know, as, as galling as it is to admit this, they are known for their kind of, you know, famous comebacks and such. There is no evidence of that happening at all. They they actually gave up and they stopped pressing. Um, so as good as City were, Liverpool were woeful, particularly in the second half. Did that, that, I've got to say that surprised me. And I've seen them play some bad, you know, some poor performances this season. But that really was telling for me. That was kind of like, okay, this is where Liverpool are at now. They, they are, for me, a spent force. Uh, and I'm basing that on what I saw in that second 45 minutes. Is that fair? I bet, certainly on the, on the recent evidence, uh, yes. Um, the Like you say, the, the one thing that whilst Liverpool have been poor this season and nobody can argue that, as you've just alluded to there, the one thing you always get with Liverpool is that sort of commitment, that desire from from minute one until minute 90, whether or not they're, they're performing at the level that they're capable yeah. of or, or whatever it may be. One thing you've always had from Jurgen Klopp's side is this this willingness to to play for the manager, to play for the shirt, to, to give everything you've got regardless of the scoreline. And we just didn't see that from them in that in that second half on Saturday. Whether that's a reflection of the players' attitude towards Jurgen Klopp at the moment, whether that's the players just accepting that this season is is now dead. They've got nothing to play for. Um, I'm not entirely sure. They they will have been given a confidence boost by the fact that United obviously got beat and um, and then Spurs dropped points as well. So the weekend maybe wasn't as bleak as it could have been. They maybe would have preferred a draw in the Newcastle United game, but they still kind of in with a shout at the top four. I don't think they'll get it, but mm. if they go and win every game from now till the end of the season, you'd imagine they would finish in the top four. Um, but from from the evidence we saw on Saturday, I don't I don't envision that that's something we're going to see from Liverpool because I don't think the players have that that willingness, that desire inside of them to to go and, and, and string together a run of results because they just don't look they don't look like they care enough to do so. Hmm. Um, I mean, tonight's game is going to be crucial in that regard for top four, isn't it, against Chelsea? If if they, 
even a draw, I think, and it's going to be beyond him. It's a must-win for them tonight. Um, there's so many exceptional performances from, from City players. Um, one I particularly want to talk about is Jack Grealish, best player on the pitch for me, most influential player, most impactful player on the pitch. Um, would you say this is his best game in a City shirt? Yeah, I, I think I would. Uh, I think for, for everything kind of considered, I I just don't think we've seen a, a better, a more dominant performance from Grealish. I think maybe helped by the fact that there wasn't a Haaland on the pitch to to kind of steal that spotlight from him, if you will. Mm. Not not that not that Haaland doesn't deserve the plaudits he gets, but if Haaland goes and scores two or three goals and Grealish puts in that same performance, obviously Haaland gets the headlines, but I thought Grealish caused Trent all sorts of problems from, from minute one until minute 90. Comfortably for me, the best player on the pitch um, with, with honourable mentions to Julian Alvarez and John Stones, but yeah, for that for Grealish, that was, that was the performance we've been waiting for. We've seen big performances from him, we've seen him score at Arsenal, we've seen him score at Old Trafford, He's had a very good season this year, Jack Grealish, but yeah. that for me was was a performance which really says I am like I'm 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 the man. <laughs> I I am the hundred million pound man and mm. I'm happy to be that man and I will continue to, to deliver for this team and and yeah, I was I was very, very pleased and, and left the Etihad with a with a big smile on my face. Particularly for Jack Grealish, who I think seemed he just He's such a nice bloke. I comes across as such a nice bloke. I've been wanting him to have these performances. I want him to prove he is as good as we all know he is and we all know he can be. And I want him to be a success at City and we're finally seeing that from him that he, he can now have a long career at Manchester City and go down as, as one of one of one of the greats of this side of this of this Guardiola era, which twelve months ago I don't think many people would have would have suggested he had a he had a shot of doing. Yeah, when you think back to last season and obviously, you know, him getting a touch and then he, his instinct would be to kind of turn back to the to the left back, um, to, to his full back and just knock it back or play it safe in field. It's a completely different player we're, we're seeing now. Um, so dangerous and so kind of, you know, so confident. Um, this was his eighth goal involvement since uh, Qatar. Um, and only two City players have had more goal involvements, um, Haaland, of course, and Mares. It was also in a, in a kind of important goal for Kevin De Bruyne because it was his 99th Premier League assist. Um, should should he get an assist this weekend, he will be he will have reached 100 assists quicker than anyone has ever done before, um, which is some going, obviously. Um, you mentioned Haaland there and not, not kind of stealing the limelight from Jack. Do we have two distinct, different, distinctly different ways of playing now? One with Haaland, one without, or is that too simplistic? Do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it's safe to say that we do. I think, understandably, the the nature of of Julian Alvarez and and of Erling Haaland as as strikers, just in their own right, is is so different. We've seen mm. Haaland come in and and adapt his game to suit City's style, but still, naturally, he is a big. Ta- He's not a target man like a traditional target man, but he has got the big physical presence that, that Alvarez doesn't have. Um, Alvarez may be more similar to what we've seen under Guardiola. He fits that sort of style of a Gabriel Jesus in terms of stature of a Gabriel Jesus, of a Sergio Aguero. He's kind of, well, obviously he's, he's much smaller than Haaland and, and he's got that low centre of gravity, which brings a different element for the for, for opposition defences to, to consider. And the fact that we've got two players who both fit 
so seamlessly into Guardiola's system makes it so difficult for anyone to kind of plan around what they're going to do. I think for Liverpool, the fact that there was such there was so much so much doubt about whether Haaland would start, whether he wouldn't, would have done them no favours because yeah. Yeah. they would have been half preparing for the prospect of Haaland playing, who offers one sort of or many many headaches for a defence, but the headaches he offers are completely different to what Alvarez offers. With Alvarez in the side, we play more like the traditional Guardiola style that we've seen, much more fluid football. Obviously, with Haaland in the team, you have to play to his strengths, which work fantastically. And we've seen maybe in Europe work even better than than the traditional Guardiola methods because we are so much more clinical in front of goal. But we've seen at the weekend, we've got four different scorers. Something that was quite common under Guardiola over the last couple of years is that we have lots of players capable of scoring goals. They don't mm. get the same opportunities to do so with Haaland in the team. We win games in different ways with Haaland. But the the difference the two the difference that you get with the two and then the difference still that you get when you bring out Alvarez in alongside Haaland just means there's so many different ways in which Manchester City can win games of football and and that kind of fear of the unknown that the opposition get when they come up against a city side makes it so much more difficult for teams to plan of on how they're gonna play against us and in turn makes it a lot easier for Manchester City to win games of football. So yeah, obviously we play we play differently with 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 uh, with Alvarez up top as opposed to Haaland, but it's a it's a good kind of different. It's a, it's not like in the past where if Aguero was out injured, you'd be thinking, oh, are we going to have lead the line? How are we going to how are we going to manage without Aguero? Whereas now it's yeah, we'd rather Haaland be fit. Of course we would, but we've got this alternative mm. sort of side that we can throw out there that that brings that. Fear of the unknown that we've that we've had with Guardiola's sides over the years. I mean, the one thing we should all learn is, and it's an obvious point, this, but we don't do it because we're football fans. Is when things aren't going right for City at the start of a season, if there's been a huge seismic change over the summer, in this instance, signing Erling Haaland, it's just give it time because Pep knows what he's doing, and in due course, Pep finds a way, which is just incredible to witness and I think we're on the cusp of that now where if Haaland starts we, we do play it a, a different way to when he doesn't but both ways are just it, it feels like we're, we're, we're embarking on one of our trademark runs right now I don't want to jinx anything but it really does feel that way and I feel that we're going into it exactly as you said where if we're without Haaland it's not a huge loss we we have got this other way of playing Um and both are just a joy to watch right now. Uh, just before we move on, um, I should say that um, obviously it was a great game and it was a, it was an unbelievable performance. Um, for me personally, I can't go to Saturday games and I haven't been able to now for nearly a year because my daughter, um, I look after her on a Saturday, my wife works on a Saturday and there's just no, there's no babysitting options, there's no getting around it. So I can't go to see City anymore on a Saturday. Um so this Saturday I was watching the game. My daughter was having a nap. Um, she woke up a bit earlier than normal. So it's like, ah, oh, shit. She woke up at half time. I thought she'd wake up with about 15 minutes to go. So I was like, ah, oh, no, okay. So came downstairs, put all the toys around her, gave her a snack and all the rest of it. I was watching the game. She was wearing a city top, of course. And um, 
when the third goal went in, I just leapt off the sofa. I just went mad at the telly. I was celebrating. And I turned around and she was standing, clapping like mad. <laughs> and, oh, man. It was like, I, I, I sent it in the WhatsApp, didn't I? That is like one of my top 10 life moments. It was yeah. just, okay, she was excited because her daddy was excited. But, yeah, um, yeah. She, I think it was also because of City. <laughs> uh, it was a great moment. Anyway, then... Arsenal went and pissed on all our chips, didn't they? Um, comfortably dispensing with leads. I've got to say, Tom, it's I, as much as I dislike Arsenal, it's hard not to admire their mentality right now because every single week this pressure's been put on them and this half expectation of them to slip up and they're just kind of blowing teams away. And and the patience that was required against Leeds as well, they, they rode their luck, they conceded a few chances... And then they, they blew leads away. And they're doing it every week. Um, are you the same as me? Do you admire that? It's hard not to. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.